Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Do I sound cheerful? Hey. I definitely didn't have a cheerful day. Oh, man. <laughs> well, it wasn't bad. I mean, you know how you just have one of those days and then finally you tell yourself, you look in the mirror and you say, hey, you, snap out of it. You're alive and you you can deal. And so I just had that moment a couple of hours ago because I knew I was taping tonight. And I was like, no, you're going to bring great energy to, to Brown Ambition. And so here I am. I feel way better. I took a nice little nap. It was just business stuff. You know, when everything like falls apart and you're like, I hate everybody. I quit. I quit. Oh, yeah. That's called take a walk. It's called take a walk or take a nap. Yes. I woke up from the nap still feeling like my friend called me. He was like, um, I was complaining. He was like, ooh, you sound like you need a nap. I'm like, I'm literally in bed. I just woke up from a nap. He was like, go back to a nap. (laughs) You didn't nap long enough. I know, right? Like, clearly. (laughs) But you know what? It was just, I'm realizing that I just was feeling overwhelmed because it was just I'm used to maybe like two or three things like oh this you know we got to fix this and tweak this but it was literally like oh all 10 all 10 things are broken and so yeah but honestly though it was good because I realized like one that this I'm not super systematic so it forced me to put some systems in place so that way the people that I've hired can be more proactive because they're already awesome but they can't do something unless you know, I show them how, at least the first time, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it made me do that. So I feel so much better about it now. Yeah. It's, it's like when you get in those moments, cause I've, I think we've all like had those moments where you like either something goes wrong or it's like even just too many little things are going wrong and, or too many people are like asking you questions and wanting answers from you and you like get overwhelmed. Um, I feel like lately I've been, I've been forcing myself to go on like 20 minute walks around my office and that's helped me like it's helped me like have the energy to answer people like like you don't have to respond to something right away like even though mm-hmm, someone's mm-hmm. Being, if someone's like I need an answer right now like I still take like if it's if like there was a serious budget question today that came up and budgets are something I've, I'm, I'm newly having to deal with like the cost of everything that we produce and like uh, managing and making sure we're on budget and then just setting prices for different things that we produce and yada, yada. Anyway, so there was a, a question that came up and I felt like I needed it, like they needed an answer right away. But I still, I was like, okay, I need to think about this. I'm not used to answering this kind of question. So I took my little walk and thought about it and I came back like with an idea, like ready to sort of talk about it. And, and it was okay. Like no one, nothing got burned down. It was okay. Yeah. They could, they could wait 20 minutes for me to, you know, have a thought process. But 
and sometimes when you're in an environment where like everyone wants your response right then and there and you have to like yeah. you know it, it puts additional pressure but I feel like when you can like stepping back saying I'll get back to you or give me some time or something like that it's okay yeah and you know what it is I also suffer from like us extreme middle child syndrome where <laughs> I don't like for people to be unhappy so we got like two emails uh, from like support. Cause you know, I have my literature Academy. And so two, um, we call our Academy members, dream builders emailed me with some, uh, with two issues like, Hey, I reached out to customer support, but it wasn't rectified. And I'm, you know, and we call them spicy, those type of emails where it's very clear this person is upset, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, ah, cause I'm not, you know, I don't do well with, Oh my God, you're upset with me. How can I fix it? I'm sorry. Here's all my money. Take my clothes. You know? <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why. And I realized I was like, well, Tiffany. So I ended up, um, but it, honestly it ended up, um, triggering like, uh, for me to create kind of like a best practices that if this is your, if you have to email someone a third time, there's something lost in translation. So I created a, um, a, a, I think it's like 10 bucks a month or whatever, where they, we have a conference call line where you can ask that person, Hey, you know, I want to make sure I'm helping you. And I think the email is not, we're, we're losing something in email. If you're free today at three, you could call into the conference line for free and I can work it out. And so it ended up triggering that, which is really helpful because I ended up speaking to the two women who emailed me and they left like, oh my gosh, thanks so much. This was so helpful. And because the email, the emails weren't, not that they weren't clear, but it's clear that they had their problem very clear in their head and articulating it via email was not as easy. And then the, the, the customer support was providing their solution and it wasn't articulated as clearly. And so, you know, it can cause for frustration. So now we have it like email one, you know, solve the problem. Email two, it might escalate to a call depending on how angry email two is. And email two might just be further, further support. And then email three, definitely a call. So now we have like kind of this thing in place. So it was good. And I'm, I, I reminded myself that, you know, that, it's always good when things go wrong early on because it allows you to fix what's already broken. Just because I didn't realize there was an issue doesn't mean there wasn't one, you know? Yeah, totally. It's, yeah, so. um, it's also, it's nice to be able to, it's nice to be the one putting systems in place. And like I said, I think I talked about this last week, like when you're starting from scratch and you're building something new or you're working on something new or you're handling a new problem, it's nice to be in a place where you can work with people and put something in place and you're not like working against a crappy system Yes, already in place. Um, and sometimes like an old fashioned phone call, uh, and, you yes. know, working with, I mean, you work with tons of people remotely. I work with probably two dozen writers across the country, different time zones, you know, all types of different people. And like, I call, I pick up the phone all the time because I get tired of, I mean, literally if I didn't, we would just be communicating in Google doc comments, Slack or email or Gchat or whatever, text message. And it's just sometimes, man, you just got to hear someone's voice and they need, I think like things get lost in translation, like tone, like things can sound sassier mm -hmm. when you're yeah. just, you <laughs> yeah. know, you know how it is when you're like, wait, did I, am I interpreting this wrong? Or even I know I can sound like aggressive or abrasive, you know, via email or, you know, those communications. So I like to talk and I think people, it's always easier. It's just like commenters on the website. It's always easier to be a jerk when yeah. you're typing something out. But as soon as you get people on the phone, they tend to be a lot, a lot nicer. A lot nicer. <laughs> so I've got some awesome news. Okay, what's up? Do, 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 do. So the house went through. We They signed the contract. We are under contract. And now all I have to do basically is pay. So I'm super excited. It's a go. Okay. 
I know. After all that time, isn't that crazy? For a year, we searched, and then you know we get with our new our new um, realtor, and then within a month, she has us with a signed contract in a house. <laughs> but to be fair, that uh, what I've learned from the house buying process is in the beginning, you're not really all that ready, unless you. This is like you know you buying multiple homes or whatever, but. Typically, if this is your maybe first or second, you're still trying to figure out what you want. So to be fair, you know, she caught us at the perfect time when we were really clear on where we wanted to live, how much we wanted to spend and, you know, and what we wanted in the house. Um, But she's also was also really awesome, too. So, you know, so, yeah, I'm super excited. Like Superman, I thought he was going to cry. He was like jumping up and down. This is his first house. He's like, I can't believe I'm a homeowner. I'm a homeowner. (laughs) And then we got nervous, like, oh, wait, we have work to do because it needs to be rewired. It needs some flooring in the kitchen. I mean, so now it's like, yikes, here comes the real, like, deal. But we yeah. have to do some. Because when, when you talked about it last week, you hadn't had the inspection yet. So did anything, like, crazy come up? I mean, obviously not too crazy because, you know, you're going through with it. But So the main things we were just worried about, so with, um, with older homes, because the house was built in 1922. So you're worried about, obviously, structural things, foundation. You're worried about, um, like, electrical stuff. You're worried about plumbing and roof. Those are the most expensive things. And so three out of the four were great. It needs to be rewired. And that part I wasn't surprised with because whatever wiring they had in 1922, they weren't anticipating you were going to have an iPad and a computer and a cell phone. and a, So it was going to have to be rewired anyway. But they had something in the house. And a lot of older houses have something called knob and tubing. Um, it's basically, I don't know, it's like it. They call it knob and tubing because that's what it looks like when you see it, like in the electrical panel. It looks like a little knob and some tubes. And so basically it's the old way that they used to wire your house. But it also turned out to be pretty dangerous and could like start fires within the walls. So, you know, we were going to rewire anyway. So just knowing that that was the main thing, everything else is kind of um, um, like uh, just for looks, you know, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Not commercial, cosmetic. Everything else is cosmetic. So it's just rewiring. And rewiring is not cheap. But it has to be done. Yeah. So I'm excited. So now we just basically have to go in, clean out all the stuff that's kind of in there, get some electricians to come in to give us some quotes. So we'll do that first and then slowly but surely go room by room um, deciding what we want. So that's the big thing because I can already tell Superman and I have totally different ideas of what grown and sexy is. I'm like, good luck. What, Mandy? First (laughs) of all, is this a... Like he it took us three months in. to pick out a comforter we both agreed on. So, <gasps> yo, I'm like, imagine. sir, are you? He is. You would not think that he's really into colors, but he is. I mean, he's like, I want burgundy on the wall. I want orange in the kitchen. I want purple in the bathroom. What are oh, we no. five? Oh, no. <laughs> and he's like, Tiffany, you want everything to be like white? And I'm like, no, but. He's like, but I want grown and sexy. I'm like, yeah, grown and sexy for an 18 year old that just got their first apartment. <laughs> Like, that's not what we're doing here. Like, And so I'm like, okay, I could tell it's going to be a battle, but one that I'm prepared to win. So actually, for those of you guys listening, if you want to write on in, if you go to Brown Ambition Podcast and just click uh, contact, um, brownambitionpodcast.com, because I would really love uh, some tips of, because I'm still new to this marriage game, some tips of how to persuade and get my way <laughs> without arguing because we were arguing for mythical things that haven't even happened yet. I'm like, we're already arguing. There has to be a way to get my way as far as this house is concerned without him feeling bad about it. So that way we all win. I win as far as the house looking like I want and he wins because he's happy about it. <laughs> so I'll try to figure that out. 
I just want to make sure that, I mean, I want him to be happy to see, I mean, I was just being facetious about how do I get over kind of sorta. But so we just decided what we're going to do is we're going to pull pictures offline of, home, of stuff that we both like. And so that way we can both be on the same page and say, Hey, this is what I was thinking for the living room, you know, so. Uh, Pinterest board. Yeah. So, um, well, he's not super like savvy as far as um, being online and stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited, though, because it's just it's a new chapter. Like by this time next year, I mean, the house is big. It's it's five bedroom, three and a half bathroom, you know. Sounds amazing. Got, I can't wait. Yeah. Congrats. So well, I don't know. Yeah. So we've all by now we've all heard about the Equifax data breach. Dun, dun, dun. Over 143 million Americans impacted by this data breach. I can't believe we didn't talk about this last week. Um, oh. But this was a big effing deal. It was. And honestly, everyone was checking. And I would say like 80% of the people that I saw posting on, on social media and Facebook were like, mm-hmm. I was affected. What does that mean? You know what? The thing that I've heard. So if, you, if, you're not, if you're not aware, basically Equifax is one of the three credit bureaus, right? So three credit bureaus, they're the ones who track all your credit behavior and report it to lenders. And that information is what's used to create your credit score down the line. So Equifax is one of the big three. Um, and they had this massive hack that happened sometime over the summer. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it took the company until the end of September, or sorry, the end of August, early September to make it public. And now we're all sort of like dealing with the aftermath. And and basically what happened during the breach is that hackers were able to access social security numbers, um, financial account information, addresses, names, like a ton of really important personal identifiable yep. information. Um, so that's what we we're saying. This is a this is a big deal because like this is like a hacker's dream. You can yes create identity. You can create accounts with this information and impersonate another person um, with even just a couple of pieces of the stuff that they took. And there was actually someone you know in our um, FinCon group. For those of you who remember, FinCon is this uh, financial uh, educators or was it edu- like well financial conference um, that uh, Mandy and I go to from time to time. And um, someone in there, they took $65,000 out of her account. Related to the hack? And she believes so. It happened recently. Oh, wow. And she was really freaked out. And she was just kind of walking us through, like, you know, I guess uh, as soon as she figured it out, she called her bank. And the bank said it's still pending. So there's nothing they can do about it just yet. I don't know. So I have to actually, I'm going to go in and kind of look to see, like, what's, what's happened in the meantime. Um, so it, it's crazy. I, someone just emailed me today. I don't know if this is related to the hack, but apparently they have three mortgages and, in, in, in like some other things under her, her and her husband's name that someone had, uh, stolen their identity. They didn't realize, um, and opened up all of these things. She was like, why we own like three houses and we didn't even know. It's um, going to be hard. It's going to be hard to tell like when things. So first of all, everyone, you should, you should pretty much assume like, I mean, this is, this is like half of the people in America. Yep, like I was going to say that <laughs> you can pretty much assume that you might be impacted by this. Um, and you know, you can go to Equifax security. The website is Equifax security, 2017.com. Um, uh, to see, you know, if, or there's a tool on the Equifax website where you can basically like input some information and it will tell you if you were impacted. I've read, that this tool just basically tells everyone they're impacted, that they've mm. been affected. So, like, the question is, well, what do I do now? Um, 
like a lot of people have been, well, the most important thing is to monitor your credit, which you can yes. do. Um, you can do through Credit Sesame. You can do through Credit mm -hmm. Karma. You can, of course, get your free credit report once a year. But if you want to more consistent monitoring, then there's other tools available. Um, well, one thing I have, do you have, um, like I have LifeLock, me and um, Superman, because uh, somebody had like opened up a, some sort of account under his name. I guess it's uh, not a PayPal. What is that thing when you go easy pass when you go through and they weren't paying it. And so we were getting like, um, like a tickets in our, in our, you know, like mail. And we were like, what? And it turned out somebody had opened up an easy pass with his name and then something else a week later. So finally he got LifeLock and it was just a few bucks a month, but it was, it, it was everything because whenever someone tried to open something, he would get like a text message saying, hey, Superman, is this you? And if he clicked no, then it would be shut down. If he clicked yes, it would be allowed to go through. So if you're really, really worried, think about getting, it doesn't have to be LifeLock, obviously, because they're not paying us no money, but it could be something similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. LifeLock's one of those. So how exactly does LifeLock work? So you sign up for it. You can get like the $8.99. I'm not going to lie. I'm not really clear about the difference between $8.99 and like $19.99 a month. But what I do know is that when you sign up, um, you then start to get alerts whenever someone tries to open up a, an account Basically, any sort of like um, bank account, uh, a credit card, something like that, that really would let usually would require your um, your social security number. So whenever anyone, some, someone tries to open up an account under your name um, slash social security number, you're supposed to get an alert via phone. Sometimes they'll even call you or via email. And the alert basically says, hey, this account is trying to be open. Is it you? And you have to verify. Yes, it is. And if you, it, but until it's verified, like for example, he, we were opening up a joint account and, um, he kept getting like denied, um, uh, by ally. And I couldn't understand why. And it turned out he wasn't looking at his emails. Life lock was asking him, Hey, someone is trying to open up an account at ally. Is it you? And once he said, yes, it is. Then ally was able to, to, to allow him to have the joint account with me. And I thought, wow, that's great. You know, so, so that's um, like an extended version of like a credit freeze is what it so it sounds like a little bit more comprehensive than a credit freeze because exactly a lot because of they, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say a lot of the advice has been, you know, get a credit freeze right away. And like, I think that's good advice. Credit freezes can be helpful. Basically, when you you do a credit freeze, you have to do it at all the three bureaus and mm -hmm. it basically stops anyone from being able to open up an account like like a like a credit card um, or take out a line of credit. Um, without you being alerted, but it doesn't, I don't know if that, if that extends to like bank accounts, like cell phone contracts, like things mm -hmm. like that. Like, and life like does. That's what mm -hmm. I like about it. Um, but if you're, I know that Equifax like today or earlier this week announced that it's offering, it's going to waive the fee to freeze your credit through Equifax. So some states, a lot of states actually charge little fees to, to freeze your freezer credit. So like there may be a fee, a fee to freezer credit and there may be a fee to quote unquote thaw your credit. Like if you actually want to go get a credit card, this is kind of the annoying thing about a freeze. Like you have to yeah. thaw your report first and then that can cost a fee. So anyway, Equifax finally was like, we're going to offer, you know, a free credit freeze, but um, credit freezes, like they don't protect you from everything. One of the so they're good for if someone opens a new account in your name. And it sounds like LifeLock is good for if someone opens a new account in your name. Mm -hmm. um, I think what LifeLock might offer too and other like identity theft protection services is that 
what about your existing accounts that are already like these hackers may be able to access? Like that's the kind of thing, like they're not, it's not like they have to open a new account. They have, they may have access to your current accounts and that's where a credit freeze like wouldn't protect you. And you need to have some sort of system in place, whether it's, you can like, I have on my, all my credit cards, if I spend over a dollar, I get a text alert and an email. Like it's a little overkill, but I enjoy it. I'm like a dollar. A dollar, yes. But you know what? It came at like this past um, this past month on my my Chase card. There was a ninety nine dollar purchase on some random electronic site that I didn't make, and I immediately got a text alert. And I was like, okay, uh, I'm gonna call Chase right now and get this removed. And it, who knows when I would have noticed that if I had waited, you know. True. So you can do fifteen, like whatever. Um, but you know, some of those scammers, like they'll charge like two dollars or one forty two or something random just to test. Yeah, to see, ooh, does it go through? And then yeah. you won't even notice. Right. So that's that's just why I personally do like the $1 and over alert. Um, you can also do like the multi-factor authentication for your bank accounts if, if they allow it. Like, you know, where in order to sign into your account, you have to get – you have to also get a text alert on your phone and have a code. So if you're – like these hackers obviously don't have your cell phone in their hands. So if you have that set up – then you'll get an alert if someone tries to access like your Vanguard account or your, you know, Chase account or bank account or whatever. And then you can say, this isn't me. And you can deny that request. Um, And then of course, like already there's a scam. So like there people are getting calls from this, like people saying, oh, I'm a concerned Equifax representative and Mm. I'm just calling to confirm your, verify your account information. So watch out for those types of phone calls. Like Equifax is not calling you. They don't care them. I mean, they care, but they're not, they're not doing that kind of level of, they're not calling 143 million people um, personally. So, so don't trust anyone if they call you and like, or send you an email, you know, asking to confirm your bank details or any of that kind of crap. Yeah, I, I, there's always a scam related to any time people are in a vulnerable situation or state because you're not thinking clearly. Like, why is this person asking for my full social security number? That doesn't sound right, you know? But yeah, and I was just looking at LifeLock's um, website. So, so yeah, you're, you're right, Mandy. They also provide like um, money back. Like you can, I think up to, depending on which uh, p- program or plan that you have, you can get up to a million dollars um, back and for lawyers and experts or, or refunds. So I don't know, to me, it's just worth it. I have the 1999 one. Um, and to me, it's just, uh, worth it. Cause the other day I was opening up a bank account for myself and it asked the question and I was like, Oh, I forgot I had lifelock. That's always really good. So it's, it's like peace yeah, of mind. It is um, honestly. And it's, <clears throat> I should yeah. I should note that if you don't want to pay for credit monitoring services and there's so many different types of services we are magn- we actually did a guide at Magnify Money which I'll post in the show notes cuz I don't even know enough about like I couldn't tell you off the top of my head there's there's just a bunch but um Equifax um is offering a one year of free credit and identity monitoring to people who are affected or just anyone who wants it um and it's through trusted ID so if you want to just try free you can go to the website is equifaxsecurity2017.com um, to enroll in that that free service, and I'll I'll post a link so you can see what else is out there. Um, but be on alert. You know what they say too is like the one year of free. I remember I did a story on this at Yahoo not long ago, a couple of years ago. On like another hack had happened. It was like the healthcare hack or something, and um, experts were saying that yeah, one year of free identity theft or one year of monitoring is okay. But like a lot of times with these data breaches, the information is put up on websites and sold, but not like they'll purposefully wait a year or a year and a half mm. 
to sell it because they know by then people will let their guards down. And that's when you might see a bunch of charges. So like come next year, we might be seeing like you may it may be quiet for a while before we really see the repercussions of this breach. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a scary, scary time right now. I know. So are we ready for mess? <laughs> Always ready for mess. Yeah. I'm not a big enough mess for for you. Yeah, I'm oh, like, fine. no, some true tea. So what have you heard about Kevin Hart and his messiness? I mean, I want to give you the pleasure of spilling the tea. Right. So I was like, what is that? Wait, oh, he's before... had it coming. <laughs> I'm like, right? yeah. So Kevin Hart, apparently... I mean, allegedly, because we don't want to get sued or whatever. Um, so he he just recently got married to Aniko, I think her name is. Um, and um, she's pregnant, like, you know, a few weeks away from giving birth. He has two kids already, I believe, a boy and a girl, with his ex-wife who he cheated on with. And, you know, and he's admitted to it and apologized for it and, and done stand-up comedy about it. But still, you know, there was a little back and forth because uh, um, his wife, Tori, um uh, and she was on one of these reality shows, but she basically was like, you know, it's kind of messed up that now, you know, she's forgiven him, but that according to her, that he was cheating, one of the women he was cheating on her with was Anika, who he's now married to. They've they've denied it, of course, but she's like, whatever, girl. Yes, it was. So um, recently it came out, there's a, a young woman who apparently is an exotic dancer, a stripper, who secretly taped him and like it was him and her and then there was i think apparently another girl in the room you know having sex and so before this video came out which i have not seen which because i really don't like watching sex videos like you know like i was like eh, i'm good okay good but, to know. <laughs> um and so they um apparently before the video came out he did an apology video on instagram saying i made a mistake i had a lapse in judgment i apologize to my wife and my and my kids and so, like this is like I said, this is before the video came out. So everybody was like, "What did he do now?" Because there were rumors buzzing that he was cheating on his wife. But he always was like, "That's a lie. That's a lie." But you know, now this girl. What was odd to me was that the girl who taped it made it very plain that she taped it to extort him. I'm like, does she realize this is illegal? A crime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so strange, man. Because all these interviews, she's like, "Yes, I want him to pay." That's why I did the video so he could pay. And I'm like, uh, pretty pretty sure you're you're admitting to a crime. But anyway, and like, oh, I know what I am, but he's pretending to be a good husband and he's a cheater and blah, 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 blah. So it's just really messy because it's just like, I mean, you know, a man, you know, men cheat. So, you know, Kevin Hart being famous or not famous. But I guess what's so, what makes this so, such a big deal is because Kevin Hart has been so, um, vocal about this woman who is like his the love of his life and she's so amazing and you know like even before they got married it was like he used to call her my rib you know like the rib comes from like um in the bible when god made eve he he started her off by taking a rib from adam and then he was like this is your match for life and that's like you know the story in the bible and so he kept saying, this is my rib, basically my match for life. God created her for me. Like all these videos and pictures and she met my kids and just all of this. Like, so I guess it's so strange because I'm thinking to myself, well, the whole world knows about this young woman and that she's your wife now and she's pregnant. I just don't see how you thought that cheating wasn't going to catch up to you. Everybody knows you're married, you know? 
I mean, we saw the same thing happen to like David Letterman. This is like tale as old as time. (laughs) Don't trust a male celebrity. When they get money, they turn into cheaters. Um, That's the remix. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, wow. And so it's clearly like she had this little crappy phone hidden in the corner or whatever she had hidden in the corner. So it wasn't like. You know, he was like taking obvious pictures with her or anything. Also, just, shout out to her for mu- she must have watched Girls Trip because this was like <laughs> a, a plot line in Girls Trip. You know what I didn't like though when he did his little apology, he was like, "Oh, I have a target on my back." I'm like, "No, sir. <sighs> you, I mean, the fact of the matter is, you cheated." And, you know, I mean, men cheat, you know, not all men, thankfully, but men cheat. Just apologize for that, and you don't need to do a, a open casting call for your whatever like you know that's between you and your wife now and everyone was like "Ooh, i know his his ex-wife was like i told y'all i told you you know <laughs> because it was kind of like oh she's just bitter she's just mad because he left her before he blew up and she didn't get the spoils of all his his like big celebrity stuff now and so um now she's just probably like well you know hey here we are. Like, I told you that he cheated on me. He admitted it, but, you know, wasn't as forthcoming. And now you guys get to see. I don't know. It was just everybody on my Facebook. Um, well, not everybody, but it was just a topic of deep discussion. A lot of different uh, men. I saw a lot of men say, like, oh, you know, blaming, the, I guess, the young woman that taped him. And then, you know, of course, women are like, excuses, excuses. I mean, she's trash, too, but for another reason. Like, it's pretty shitty. It's it's illegal, obviously. I mean, yeah. but but the uh, but I mean, come on. When you're a celebrity, you take on yeah. There's a target on your back. Like that's just like one of the um, that's one of the downsides. More money, more problems. Exactly. And then I mean, I just think to myself like, well, I, I just I mean, I'm just imagining that like if you cheat with like 20 girls, somebody is probably going to try to extort you. Like you know what I mean? Like you're just at a position now where people are going to think that they could get money from you. I think she was trying to get like $450,000. I'm like, wow, you're reaching, ma'am. <laughs> you're reaching, not 10, just not 20. Just keep it in your pants. That's like the number one. That's like good financial advice for celebrity men. Just keep yeah. it. Just keep, you know, is it that hard? Is it that, I think it's just like the nar- level of narcissism too. Like yeah. the first thing he did was get on Instagram and post a, a tell-all <laughs> confessional. Like, I know. I'd be like, That's- where you should be kissed, like bowing down to your wife or I don't know, going to like make amends or something. You should... You know, take a break. A pregnant lady. Oh, I know. Like, I mean, like I said, I don't know. You know, I don't know their personal life, even though we're discussing it. So I don't know if they cheated when he was with his wife. But I'm like, wow, she's pregnant. That can't be easy. You know? Well, since we're on the entertainment uh, segment of our of our of our show today, do you want to talk real quick? I need to give a shout out to Donald Glover. Like there was so much brown power, brown magic at the Emmys. Ooh, I didn't see it. Do tell. Your turn now. You're up. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> so Donald Glover won for Best Director of a Comedy Series for Atlanta, which was major. Um, Sterling K. Brown was the first black man since 1998, I believe, to win the Best Actor in a Drama. Ooh. And Lena Waithe and Aziz Ansari won for their episode of Master of None for writing, um, which was huge. I mean, Lena Waithe is like, first of all, the first black queer, per- I think the first woman black woman to win in this category but then on top of that she's also queer so it's like double whammy 
And the episode they won for one for was like the episode of Master of None. If you haven't watched it, even if like you don't watch the whole series, just go and watch this episode of Master of None. It's on Netflix. It's called the Thanksgiving. I think it's called the Thanksgiving dinner or something. But it's it's like a half hour, and over the course of this half hour, it's the story of of Lena Waite's character coming out to her mom. Mm. Um, at Thanksgiving and it features um, Angela Bassett oh yeah now we did talk about this because I messed up the name I said it was Jack A. Jack A. Harry and it was yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it played was the aunt. yeah it yeah. was what was her name I forget don't even ask me I'm like Lord I'm not even gonna go there but I know exactly who you're talking about yeah 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 uh, anyway so it was just really exciting and like I think it was the most it was the most diverse um, nominations in Emmy history and everyone was sort of like patting themselves in the back um, there were some snubs like Issa Rae didn't get nominated I don't think which was kind of sad but she yeah. was there looking amazing and I don't know it was just it felt really it felt really the vibe the vibe was much different I think ever since like all that Oscar so white controversy um, I think I think that's like a situation when the like the the awards and like the entertainment business really actually rose to the call did I, did Issa Rae, did you see when she, they were like, who are you rooting for? She said, um, everybody black. I thought that was everything. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if that ain't brand ambition, I don't know what it is. <laughs> did, yeah. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So, are you ready to boost or are you ready to break? Uh, okay, I'm ready. All right, you want to go first? Sure. I'm going to do a break. Okay. From the – how do I do this in a way where people I work with who listen to the podcast won't use it against me <laughs> or think I'm talking about them? But here's my break because I, I – I, well, first of all, it's meetings. Like I want to do a break from meetings mm. in general. I think that there is a I think there is like a way to do a meeting in a really really effective I'm getting better at my meetings. I think most meetings can be 15 minutes, but I was literally trapped in a 3-hour meeting <gasps> like not long ago and I was sitting there like how are we still sitting here? How is this meeting still happening? We're all, you know, and I think that it it just takes away it just sucks so much time out of the workday. Um but like, what do you do when the meeting isn't your meeting? You've just been called into it, and it's like you're not really running the show. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, Honestly, I can't even tell you because, thankfully, like I do. So I meet with everyone, and we're getting a little bit too big for that now. But I, I meet with everyone on my staff for like uh, fifteen to twenty minutes on Monday. So I usually like it'll be back to back. So I'm like, all right, I have a call with you at ten, then you at ten thirty, then you at eleven, eleven thirty. So they before it was maybe like five or six and now that we're a little bit bigger i'm gonna start grouping folks together but we really we purposefully i purposefully 
do it. And I make that, that like the next person, they have to call me. So it forces me that when we're having our 15 minute, because I'm like, I don't want to be on the phone back to back to back. So like I have a bit of a reprieve. It forces me to get it done in 15 minutes. Like, you know, hey, what's up? How you doing? Okay, what are you working on? What do you need support with? All right, bye, go. You know? And <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> so, no, but I, because I, I get it, because I, thankfully, I don't, since I don't work in corporate America, and I haven't, I haven't had to, like, sit, but I've definitely had to sit in meetings in general. So I've been trying to be very mindful to be like, you know, if you can't get it out in, like, 15 minutes, like, the basic gist, then there's usually an issue, you know? Um, and think- then we just follow up in Slack. Yeah, I think that it's like the shorter meeting, but it's also it's um, it's also I mean it can be good. Like for example, there we we've created this monthly chime in meeting, chime in, which has helped because you know you're when you're creating like a product and you and and you know you're owning the product and you're sort of creating it and your team is creating it and then it goes live right and it's out there and then you have people reaching out to you and saying hey this what do you, why didn't you do this and what about this and what about that like they're chiming in. After mm-hmm. after something that you own has already been out there, and then that chime in noise gets really confusing. So one thing I actually do like is we created a monthly chime in meeting, so people reserve their opinions, and then we actually have a meeting so that people aren't being pinged and slacked and emailed and like bothered about small minor things. People's opinions like throughout the month, um, and it gives a forum for everyone to sort of here's your here's your chance to kind of weigh in on what happened the month prior and and have your your feedback. So in that case, like that's a meeting where I'm like, hey, that's actually useful because it removes a bunch of bothersome, you know, commentary throughout the month. And I was really pleased when we added that to our schedule, but I could definitely do without the three hour <laughs> traps. So I'm going to boost. I'm not sure if I talked about this. Did I talk about Game of Thrones? Do you always you always bring up Game of Thrones only to tell me that you don't watch it. So I'm curious Ooh. what you have to say about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to boost Game of Thrones because Superman and I, we're trying to find more things that we have in common that are like chilly back things. Like, you know, we go out, we both like the movies and like eating out and stuff. But like when it comes time for TV, we tend to be very separate. Like I'll be like, all right, I'm going upstairs. And I'm like, no, you know, because we, I don't like he likes sports and I don't. I love HGTV and he can watch. But after like hour two, he's like, enough. You know? And he and um, Supergirl both really like um, comic book, like Marvel and all that kind of stuff. They both like those type of um, movies, which I do enjoy. So I'll watch those. But I don't like the cartoons. So when they turn those on, I'm like, I'm out. And so I said, there's got to be something that he and I both enjoy that we can watch and kind of binge on. And so this past Saturday, so maybe like a week ago, we started watching Game of Thrones and we both enjoyed it. And then I said, babe, why don't we binge watch on Saturday? And we did. And it was so much fun. We literally just laid in bed, binge watch, ate and laid in bed until like the evening. And so I want to boost Game of Thrones because it was such a nice, like day day. <laughs> you're making it you're making it sound like it's like a delightful family show. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, it's, it's just a great and- program. <laughs> the incest, the beheadings. I know. <laughs> the child murder. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god. But we're on we're on um, I'm we're so excited on- though. Now I can talk to you about it. Oh my god. Well yes. wait, I'm still in the beginning. I'm I know. I'm, on- I'm not gonna say anything. Don't worry. Yes, we're we're only on um on season two, so we're still really early. But I'm not gonna lie, it started a little slow. I was like, "Come on now, it pick did, up." And it now does start. It's gonna pick up. Don't you worry. What? I'm already like, wait a minute. No, Drago or whatever the Targaryen's name is. Why did you have to die? And I'm like, wait, she's a dragon. Wait, what's going on? And so there's so many great 
Like I'm really like getting into it. And it's gotten really good. So I'm excited. So that's my, my boost. Thank you for Game of Thrones for bringing me and Superman just that much closer together over violence and um, sexual inappropriateness. It's so good. And it stays good too. And since season season seven just ended and like you're in the best position because now you get to enjoy it without like worrying about people posting on it, you know, on Twitter about what happened in that episode. Like you can just relax and binge. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie. Like the good thing is I don't remember any of the spoilers because I didn't get what they were talking about. So I'm like, whatever. I don't know what that means. So I don't even remember. But um, so yeah, I'm excited because it's been good. So we try to watch maybe like an episode a night before we go to sleep, which might not be the best idea, but whatever. (laughs) Like, oh, dreaming about Game of Thrones. But yeah, it's just been great. So thank you, Game of Thrones. Thank you, HBO. Fantastic. (laughs) So I know we have a really good question. We do. Did you, I sent it to, did I send it to you? I I imagine I did. Okay. No, you did. It was very, very, very juicy. I was like, Ooh, so many twists and turns. (laughs) Okay. Um, so yeah, we're going to read today's question. If you guys want to leave a question, go to brandambitionpodcast.com, hit ask us anything and send us your question. Um, this question, uh, is from someone who'd like to be called Tracy. Fair enough. Um, really interesting. I'm not even sure if I have a good answer, but I think that this is definitely a situation where I feel for her. And so let's let's get to Tracy's question. Um, so she says, I'm 26, year old, 26 years old and I have a three-year-old son. His dad, my boyfriend and I have been together for the past five years. Neither of us have very good credit, but we're working to improve our scores. We, we both have dreams of homeownership, but right now we're renting a house from a private owner. But let's just say our dream house went to our worst nightmare really quickly. We initially signed a 12-month lease. Everything was fine at first, but we had hardly any contact with our landlord. Um, but when it came time for us to sign a new lease, the landlord told us we'd now be on a month to month contract instead of the traditional one year lease. I felt like something was fishy at that point, but I continued on with the agreement. So flash forward to two, flash forward to two months later after the lease was signed, my boyfriend came home one day and realized that we had an eviction notice on our door. After the first eviction notice we received, there was one more and then another one in person. Our landlord told us that the house was costing more money than he was making and we had 30 days to move. Guys, this is my worst. This is any parent's worst nightmare. A week later, we discovered the house was actually in the beginning stages of foreclosure and really within 30 days. And within those 30 days, we were unable to find a new place. So here's her question. Here's sort of what she's going through. My family is religious and wouldn't let both of us move back in due to us not being married. My boyfriend is from a different state where we live, and we don't have a lot of family here who could help us. We have decent jobs, but we live in different households, and it's been impossible for us to save. We both have limited time at our we have limited time at our current living situation, so it sounds like they're both living separately until they figure out a permanent place to stay. And due to our credit not being the best, around five hundred and twenty. We also have limited options on rental places that will prove us. Do you have any tips or advice on how we can try to save for a new place quickly without having any backup savings? Poor Tracy, that sucks. I know. Well, one, I was just taking a, like a quick like like Googles. And so I'm on the consumerfinance.gov website. And it says like, what should I do with my house? or the apartment I'm renting goes into foreclosure. So one, I don't know if you're already out of the home, but if you're not, it says, if your landlord stops paying the mortgage, foreclosing proceedings proceedings may happen. 
some state and local law may offer protection for renters in the foreclosure process. More information about the landlord-tenant laws in your state is available here. So one thing I do know, so for example, in New Jersey, I remember um, when I was house hunting, there was a house in particular where the woman, um, there was a woman who was living there and um, the part of I guess um, selling the house, the 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 man who was owning the house didn't want to be in charge of evicting her if we wanted to buy the house. And I remember specifically one of my friends who was a real estate investor said, "What kind of lease do they have?" And I said, "You know, is it? It's I think it's month to month. That's better, right?" And she was like, "No, actually, that it's actually easier to guess. I guess remove someone who has a." It's harder to remove someone who has a month-to-month lease. Like you have to give them like more time than someone who actually has a, a annual lease that you're breaking. So one, just figure out the law in your state if you haven't moved out, because you might not have to move out in Latin lease until the foreclosure proceeding is fully concluded, and that might take a while. So if you haven't moved yet, I wouldn't, because you cannot forcibly remove you depending on what state that you live in. If you have already kind of or like you know, moving what I, one of the places that I look for when I, um, or that when I didn't have great credit and I was looking to rent, um, a great place to look honestly is Craigslist because you get a lot of, yes, you're not going to likely get, um, um, an apartment in like an apartment building, but oftentimes if you find another homeowner, they're willing to kind of work with the facts that you don't have the greatest credit because I didn't. So I used to be able to call the homeowner and once they meet me and they say, oh, she's a nice young lady. My credit's not that great, but I am able to, you know, pay rent. Here's how, let me show you. Like, you know, like if you paid this, I'm assuming you paid this other guy. I don't know if it was cash or, or check or whatever. If you could bring your bank statement showing that every month it was paid, a person is more likely to say, okay, than a, than a rental office. So I would definitely look um, at Craigslist looking at, potentially renting from another homeowner until you guys can figure out what to do. But those would be my, my two suggestions. Um, yeah, I went through this. I went through something similar when I moved to New York. I'm a little bit kind of similar. I had, I didn't realize I had such bad credit because I was 22 when I moved here. And I didn't realize during college because I never really used credit that someone opened up a credit card in my name and I had and hadn't paid it in like five years. And this was on my credit report and I had no idea. So when I, when I like you know, brown eye, uh, blue, what do you call it? Bright eyed and bushy tailed, <laughs> like strolled up to this apartment, you know, uh, application and was denied. I was like, what the heck is happening? How could you deny me? Um, and I discovered this issue and I had to like dispute it on my credit report. And that can take like 45 to 60 days or something like that. So I ended up having to make an appeal to my landlord and it was a private owner. Like she was working with an attorney who was, you know, working on the contract or the lease. But I went to her and I, I showed her a copy of the dispute. I showed her her, um, my bank statements. And I had a, a reference letter from a prior landlord that I gave her. And that was enough for her to say, okay, I'm going to take a chance on you. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I kind of, she kind of felt bad for me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the least this landlord, maybe you can at least get him to write your reference letter, you know, yes. and, and, and write, you know, they were always, always on time with their rent rental payments and, you know, or, or a prior landlord or anyone who can sort of vouch for for your responsibility um yeah i think that i i so i agree with what you're saying like trying to find another private owner which is probably why they had a private owner in the first place mm-hmm. and a lot of people go that route so look for that private owner you know what i don't know if there's any um schools or universities 
in your city or neighboring city? Because here's why. Because, like, for example, Newark, New Jersey, where I live, is a college town. There's, like, maybe, like, five or six colleges. And so t- they, they tend to be a little bit more lax when it comes to renting because, you know, students don't have the best credit. So it was easier for me when my credit was bad and I didn't have a whole lot of money to find more affordable housing and more flexible landlords in like a college town because it was like they were used to dealing with that type of renter. You see what I mean? So just like, you know, so yeah, I would suggest that too. And like sometimes your local, like I know we have NJ.com. That's another place that a lot of private homeowners. So your local newspapers, uh, some like um, private homeowners will, will post there too. Um, so if you're looking, cause you're likely going to have to go with another private homeowner, but find out where they post and, and, and look there. Well, good luck. Oh yeah, Tracy. Um, I know Tracy. Rebuild that credit, man. Credit is power. It is. Um, it is. Are you but able for to, now, I, okay. I was going to say one last, one last resort, although it, it sounds like maybe their family isn't so helpful as they could potentially ask for someone to co-sign um, Elise, of course, that puts that person at risk, but that's just that's another option. So Tracy, good luck. Follow up with us. Let us know if you are able to find a place. Let us know. And the rest of you guys, leave us your questions at brownambitionpodcast.com or send us an email at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. It's wins! Oh, As in when well, we should call it Wednesday since we're on Wednesdays now. Ooh, you clever, clever? fox! <laughs> I'm here all night, ladies and gentlemen. Dun dun ching! Wednesday. All right, so I've been excited. I have been aching to share this win because I think it's so dope. So those of you you already have heard of Travel Noir, right? Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, and then most of us have heard of Blavity because we actually had Morgan on the other one of the founders of Blavity, didn't we have Morgan on? We've had both of them on, right? No, we no, we didn't have Travel Noir. Her name is Zim. Uh, we've had uh, um, uh, No Madness. We had Avita. Oh, okay. But, Whoops, my yeah. bad. I know. Don't worry. It's, you know. But so anyway, what's so dope is Belavity has purchased Travel Noir, which is like so awesome because Blavity is this, I can't, I don't even think you could call it a startup anymore, but it's this dope media center for black millennials. And Travel Noir is um, a black millennial focused travel. I don't even know if you could call it like, I guess it's a movement, but, you know, they they host trips. Um, they have all these kind of educational sessions where they teach people how to travel and live abroad. Um, and they have like a really robust social media component where, you know, they post really beautiful pictures. And so... Um, They've combined their 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 powers. And Zim, who is the founder of Travel Noir, she is still going to be obviously a major part. I think she's the chief brand officer. But yeah, but that's just so awesome that a brown company purchased a brown company. I was just of, about to say, you never hear that. <laughs> I, is it, right? That yeah. just, honestly, it blew my mind. And it was on TechCrunch. And I was like, how freaking awesome is that? So yeah, just kudos that, and you could just tell, like, I, like if you follow, um, her name is, uh, I, don't, I think if you follow either Travel Noir on, um, I believe on Instagram or maybe it was Zim on Instagram, but if you follow her, you got to see like how the reception at the office and how excited she was. And it's just because it was clear that they bought them in a, out of a space of like respect and you know what I mean? It wasn't this like hostile takeover, you know, that like, I get you, you get me, we're even better together. So I'm just excited about that. It seems like the perfect combination. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. 
Ooh, congrats. Yeah. yeah, congrats. Awesome win. Absolutely. Um, my win is going to be for the epic nap I'm about to take. No, that's weak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to – I'm going to do the obvious win that we haven't even acknowledged. Uh, oh. Happy two-year anniversary. <gasps> do you know what today is? It's our anniversary. Oh, technically five days ago, but you know, that's, that's okay. fine. Um, I guess we're I guess we're getting too comfortable in our relationship now. We didn't plan anything special. I know. <laughs> we should plan something special. What should we do? Well, we're gonna have some new pics coming soon. So you can have a nice little new fresh look. But I feel like we should still like have a dinner or something like we did last time. You know, it'd be nice to see some folks. Yeah, I'd love to do another dinner. I mean, are we making the plan right now? Because I'm down. I know. <laughs> no, for real. Let's do that. Let's. But we have to figure out a way. So you know, we gotta figure out a way to to like invite folks like last time um and you know something that they have to do in order to be qualified to have din din with mindy mindy oh my god my bad dinner <laughs> i was trying to like make it rhyme din din with mandy and tiffany but din min you know that kind of anyway we should have dinner and we should force them to come to jersey because now we're both jersey girls oh that's true yeah i can't believe it's been two years I know. We're all grown and stuff. You know, so we're walking like and talking. We made it. <laughs> Look how far we've come up. <laughs> Yo, this is the singing episode. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like we haven't sung this month since the beginning. Oh, well, you're welcome. It's a rare treat. We went retro. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so awesome. I mean, like, you know, who would have thunk it that we would come this far? All you awesome listeners, you know, you guys give so much great feedback. You know, I love when, you know, I get like the little ding on Facebook Messenger, like, hey, someone left you a message. And it's like, oh, my God, I love you guys so much. And I'm like, really? I Because I was asking one of my staff members, Yadalise, hey, girl. She um was like, you know, she was telling me something that I said on the last podcast. And I'm like, I said that? Because I said, I don't think you guys realize. I'm actually friends with Mandy in real life. So sometimes we're just talking. And then I'm like, wait. I said that. <laughs> so that's what makes it so awesome because it's like, oh, I get to talk to my friend for a full hour and some change once a week. And so it's like you guys get to peek in to us chit-chatting. I think that's why the show works. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's awesome. So, yeah. So we'll, let's definitely have a dinner. Maybe next time we can we'll, – we'll have – we'll work out the deets about what that should be. Like something small like last time, you know, like 10 folks or something. It'll be on us. Yeah. There's P.O.P.O. in Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. I know that was delicious. Oh wait, but have to be, I'm vegan now. Are you gonna? Okay, we're still vegan. All right. <laughs> Look, I forgot. I'm like, wait, I'm vegan now. We gotta find some place that like. Well, we can still do it as long as there's some. Cause I can have plantain rice, so we can still do it. I would just have to make sure that like you know there's enough yumminess that I can eat that doesn't you know that doesn't um, involve meat or dairy. We'll work it out. Yay! Like two years, almost half a million downloads. <gasps> Oh it's, my goodness! Uh, it's big times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Let's get to a million. I wanted we did five, we did half a million in two years. Let's do a million in one year. That is the I goal. I think we can do it. I so that we means we it. need your help. We should do this at the end of every podcast, guys. You need to share with one awesome listener, potential listener, how awesome we are, and say, "Did you have you listened to Brown Ambition? You need to." Okay, I need you to post it on your social media. Tag us on Facebook, tweet it out, Instagram it, just, you know, share it. 
and um, and leave us reviews. Never forget the reviews; they're super yeah. important. That's yeah. how we keep burning up the charts in the in the business and career sections. All your lovely reviews. So don't forget to leave a review if you haven't. If you're new to the show and you haven't yet, go do it. Much appreciated. Yes. Oh, this is awesome. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.